All right, y'all, welcome back to the Good News Cast. Um, it's great to have you listening. My name is Colin Coates here with Jeff Hatton. Colin. Jeff. Um, we, yeah, we're happy to be, um, happy to have you listening uh, to the Good News Cast. As you know, if you listened to our podcast, I think a week or two ago, uh, we started a series, a uh, podcast series um, that may, may run uh, for sure, maybe another, I don't know, four or five weeks on race racism, uh, everything you're hearing about in the culture, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, all that kind of stuff we are working through and going to tackle with the driving, shaping uh, question of what does the Bible say about this or that? What does the Bible say about what's being said in the culture, uh, about race and and racism and everything in between? Uh, So that's what we are in uh, the middle of. Now, I want to make... one comment, two comments. First comment is this. We wrote a thorough paper that's maybe like 10 pages. I don't know how long it is. Yeah, um, fairly thorough paper, uh, basically question and answer format, asking things like, who are we? What's our identity? How do we define ourselves? What is justice, et cetera, et cetera. We even cover, should we defund the police? Again, going back again, again and again to what does the Bible say about these things? Uh, that's on our website at redeemerwaco.org. Is it completely exhaustive? Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, these podcasts, however, we are working through that paper in a more conversational format. Okay, so just so you understand about these podcasts, uh, we are not trying to compile a ton of quotes and a ton of data each and every week. We're trying to, Jeff and I are constantly listening to or reading something about everything going on. Uh, our paper is kind of our more formal, thorough take. This is more conversational about these things. Uh, average Joe Schmoes talking about this stuff, what we're hearing, what we're reading, and and again, what does the Bible have to say? So um, with that being said, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about should we define ourselves by our skin color? Last week, we talked about what's our true identity get a little more specific this week right now should we define ourselves by our skin color we've got plenty of thoughts i'll let jeff take it from here so the answer would be no we should not define ourselves by our skin color positive um and where we would go with that is uh paul in galatians there's neither jew nor greek there's neither slave nor free there's neither male nor female for you are all one in christ jesus um so the Bible does not define us by our skin color. The Bible doesn't even ultimately define us according to here by our culture or our race uh, or our economic status or even our gender. So that's pretty fascinating that uh, the Bible has an identity, has a sense of self, has an intact identity in something other than gender, something other than uh, performance and accomplishments something other than uh, status, societal status, something other than culture, race, ethnicity. Although the Bible does not deny those things, right? And the Bible does not denigrate those things. Uh, They're uh, unique uh, differences and uh, wonders of being a human being um, and all are good things that are part of creation. Uh, But ultimate uh, definitions of our identity are not to be found in those. And I think this brings out a couple of things, which we can obviously continue to talk about. But um, my first thought that comes to my mind, then why do we? Why do we mm-hmm. try to pursue an identity in those things? Um, 
what drives that? Mm-hmm. And why is that a universal, almost like obsession or addiction or need that we have to pursue an identity in those things or in things other than the identity that God gives? That, mm-hmm. that um, I think that would be instructive. I think that would also help us understand the passion and the uh, zeal and the intensity by which our culture is experiencing this, in one sense, major identity crisis, mm-hmm. uh, certainly as individuals, but also uh, as a corporate people, or even a cultural identity, or even a country identity. I mean, it's just kind of the ripple effects are pretty much everywhere, and pretty much everywhere it seems there seems to be a deterioration taking place. In other words, all that we're seeing is not pointing to a healthy identity. It's pointing to an unhealthy identity. Right. Those are my initial thoughts. Yeah. Um, Initial thoughts. uh, Obviously, my answer is the same. No, we shouldn't define ourselves by our skin color. I think one of the things that I that has truly um, broken my heart probably over the past 10 years or so, which by the way, if a minute ago you thought you were hearing the Harry Potter um, theme song, uh, you weren't. That wasn't Jeff's phone. And so you might want to get that checked out. Um, uh, I can't remember what I was saying other than no. One thing that's broken my heart, here we go. Um, over the past probably 10 years of, of seeing this uh, movement and conversation explode uh, is that I have seen um, I believe arguably, and I stand in lots of good companies saying this, um, racial relations in our culture get worse and worse and worse. Yes. The, the dividing line between skin colors has gotten worse and worse and worse, not better and better. The irony is that, um, the side that pushes to identify with skin color is simultaneously saying the whole goal um, is to is to eradicate racism and and make sure that that we have um, diverse relationships and and things like that. Which, by the way, I would be one hundred percent for. <laughs> right. We condemn racism utterly and emphatically. Period. Um, uh, but there's just been this sad irony I've watched that as as we have talked more and more and more about our skin color, I would say, in my opinion, observing the more racist our country has become in the in the past decade, the more, and and I could say it even I will I'll say it even lighter, um, even though I believe what I just said, I, I would say it at least like skin conscious, uh, race conscious, um, which again is. Uh, well, okay. So we'll, I'll touch on what kind of just came to my mind with that concerning culture, uh, maybe in a minute. So no, we shouldn't define ourselves by our skin color. Again, guys, I can't emphasize at least personally Galatians three enough. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There is neither male. There's no male or female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Of course, this text is not saying, for instance, that there's not actually male and female. But this is Paul in Galatians getting at our bedrock ultimate identity. What matters is that, number one, you're created in God's image, and that is all 
people. So all people have equal footing. I was talking about this with our um, middle schoolers and high schoolers recently. We all are standing on equal footing as image bearers before God. There's equal footing. There's no, um, I have this skin color and therefore somehow I am better. Nope. Image uh, bearers, we all tragically are on also the same footing of sin. Mm Mm-hmm. We all start in the same place, Romans 3, concerning our sin. We are guilty before God, deserving of his just wrath and punishment as sinners. And you being a male or a female or being black or white will not save you. Mm -hmm. Let's put it in the most stark of terms. That's amazing that you think because you're a male, you're better. But guess what? You're going to go to hell if you're not in Christ. And mm-hmm. so the second thing is what's most important is not simply saying, well, I'm an image bearer because you're an image bearer fallen in sin. And that's where Paul says, no male or female, you're all one in Christ. That is the bedrock ultimate place where we identify ourselves. Yes, I'm a male and that's a, or, or, or a female. Um, uh, and I have these color eyes and this color hair, and all of that is by God's beautiful design. Mm-hmm. We don't ignore it. We don't turn a blind eye to it. It's all part of God's beautiful design. But ultimately, I find my identity in what will never change, could never change, and holds all the water, which is I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. Um, that is how we define ourselves. Again, not ultimately, but yes. So for me, I said this last week, or two weeks ago, I'm white. It's by God's design. It's a beautiful thing uh, in his eyes. I don't have a ton other else to say about it other than that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so the, you you see that, that this, this need to have this fundamental layer of our identity. Uh, if Paul was here, as, as he does talk in Galatians, he talks in terms of, if he was to describe this theologically, he'd say that there is this driving uh, obsession, this driving addiction, this deep, deep need to justify one's existence. In other words, to have an intact identity, a solid self, to have a sense in which my existence is recognized and that I am a somebody, I'm not a nothing or a nobody. And um, justification is that affirmation of you actually being uh, enough and recognized as acceptable uh, to God, right? And therefore, um, to yourself and therefore to others and therefore before the law and therefore before all the other little laws of life, and life is experienced in, in the sense of this need to be justified, uh, which the opposite would be this reality called condemnation, which is you're not enough and that you are a nothing. And the language in Ecclesiastes kind of gets at that nothingness and vanity and vapidness. That, so there's this sense in which um, I am, uh, I exist, I deserve to be here and on this planet is where justification comes from. But it comes from the recognition and the affirmation and the qualification of Jesus, of an identity. Actually, you're given Jesus's righteousness, Jesus's medals of honor, Jesus's identity, uh, Jesus's acceptance, Jesus's performance, Jesus's work, so that you are a in him, a perfect human being, a qualified, uh, righteous, declared worthy person. And that's what matters. 
But the fact that that is not the case for us because of sin, we are now have this justification-sized hole in our soul that we're stuffing with everything to, to validate our existence, to give our life acceptability and love, that I'm loved and I'm okay and uh, I'm a recognized, affirmed person. Uh, and so for many today, you can easily see this, this propulsion, this drive, this obsession, this need uh, that we all have to either be alive or to be a nothing, to either be justified or to be condemned, to be acceptable or to be disapproved or rejected, right? Um, and so Paul is saying that in Christ alone is where that justification-sized hole in your soul actually finally gets filled to overflowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, your skin color will not fill that hole. It'll rattle around in a God-shaped, God-sized hole like a little pea. It will not do it. Your gender will not do it. Even the, the, the discussions today of sexual uh, preference and desires and orientation, uh, that won't give you an identity. Uh, athletic prowess won't give you that identity. Uh, your mental intellectual capabilities, your bank account, uh, sexual intimacy. I mean, we can just go on and on and on of things that try to fill that void, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas today, I think a major part of our strife and struggle is that we're watching a justification entanglement, a justification war take place where we're all battling to find our sense of self and, uh, and are doing so in what is happening today in skin color. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't share that skin color, then guess what? Then you're on the condemned side. You're on the uh, nothing side, the less than side, the inferior side, Mm -hmm. regardless of what race is put in there as your sense of justification. So this is a pretty, really powerful, powerful interpretation of today's events and human history this need to be justified, this need to justify our existence is a driving, driving obsession in individual hearts, in relationships, in cultures, in societies, in institutions, and in all human histories. So there's two, there were, there were two examples I, I jotted down that are, you know, with, with what you were just saying, um, is kind of that, that more general kind of the iceberg really yeah. underneath it all. Right. And then it plays out in countless ways. Yes. Right. Um, and right now we're seeing it play out with, with skin color and race and racism. I know you, you know, some listeners might be listening now and going, man, I feel like I'm hearing that race and racism is actually not even, it's like more than skin color now. And, um, and that's true. The conversation has shifted and kind of twisted and turned where I don't know, racism doesn't even necessarily mean, we're talking about race anymore. I'm not totally sure. I'm not sure if we're talking about, you know, UFOs sometimes with this conversation. I don't know where it goes. Um, but there was one, there was one review. I I don't know if you've seen it as much, um, where, where now we're capitalizing black when we talk about black people. Okay. Um, so I see it a lot on Twitter, Facebook. Um, so So is that insinuating that, that again, our skin color, is our identity, is that what that is trying to affirm? Okay, so I would say the average person, like mm-hmm. when I just, just the average person who didn't read the scholarly book written to explain why in the ivory tower we should capitalize black. Right. Yeah, of course. It's okay, we're talking about color, which mm-hmm. the only way I know how to relate that is to, we're talking about skin color. Right. Now we're capitalizing. So I started to try to do a little bit of research of what's going on. Like, should should I be doing this? I don't want to, 
I don't want to like um, offend. Right. If there's some trend that like I can mm-hmm. get get behind and it's like positive and whatever. Right. Basically, one one review, multiple things said the same thing. One review said we capitalize black and not white when referring to groups in racial, ethnic, or cultural terms. For many people, and this is the key, uh, black capitalized uh, reflects a shared sense of identity and community. White carries a different set of meanings, and capitalizing the word white in this context risks the fo- following the lead of white supremacists. In other words, everything I read was saying that, that we capitalize black now because we're referring to a shared culture. So this is one of those things where I say, ironically, hmm. ironically, race identity in the name of making things better is making things worse. Yeah. Um, because... It says, though simultaneously we're told, don't look at someone's skin color and make a judgment about who they are, where they're from, what they're like. And I would preferences, I would culture, yeah. cultural values, whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, um, that's where all the ter- stereotypical jokes come from that are offensive yeah. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right? Okay, which I would be supportive of that. Right. Right. I don't want someone to look at my skin color and just immediately make a bunch of judgments about me one way. I know that that generally can happen. I'm not like easily offended, but, right. but I don't want anyone like taking their theological stance that way. But it's okay. interesting that that's what, so, so on the one hand we're told don't do that. On the other hand, we're told capitalize black because you need to reference a specific culture shared by a specific group of people so there's a monolithic <laughs> so there's a monolithic definition of a people group yeah so it by can, race so the average joe like when i'm reading through twitter i'm like i feel like i'm simultaneously being told to not be racist but to be a raging racist yeah and to go okay so okay so all black people so you speak for all black people when you capitalize B you're speaking for all black people and you're saying that they all share the same culture and they all have the same background and they all think the same way. Right. <laughs> that sounds racist. Right. Oh my word. You, you yes. know what I mean? Yes. And then, I mean, in even this review, this is the silliness, right? This, this is, is the, the absolute silliness and irrationality of race identity. Right. It can't hold up. Right. It's an illusion. It's a, it's a, it's it's not only an illusion, it's a it's a disillusion. Yeah. I mean, it's just like it it's unreality. Yeah. So it can't hold its own weight. Yeah. It can't give you an identity. No. And just even talking that out, you see how it it falls in on itself. Right. It you sink into yourself. Right. It doesn't give you a solid self. It actually collapses yourself right. and turns you into something radically less than right. who God says you are. Right. And also then you look at other people. It produces an ethic where an ethic where you look at others radically less than you or radically superior to you right. based on whatever the qualifications of that that monolithic description of whatever particular race you are talking about, since it's such a fundamental defining reality of your existence right. i mean it's just so that's ah, silly yeah i mean and, and um yeah that's what i see happening right and then they do it they say they don't capitalize white because that would basically imply that that you're saying white people are white supremacists right so white supremacists so it goes like the opposite direction saying like we capitalize black i guess to to speak positively I guess about yeah. how all black people are this way. have a positive thing about them or think this way. But if we capitalize white, we're basically, yeah, we, we're going to be, 
essentially saying they're a bunch of white supremacists or yeah. I, anyway, it gets confusing. Right. Yeah. And, and I also know that this, this is kind of the last thought on my mind is a lot of this has turned into, it's not about skin color. I mean, I've seen people say that, that, that racism no longer even um, refers to the idea of, because I've got this skin color, I'm better than you. And it's really become more about the powerful and the powerless, the mm. oppressor and the oppressed. Right. Right. And this is where, this is where, um, this is why the, the topic of Marxism gets brought up. Right. Rightly. You know, I know yeah. that the, the woke side like thinks it's this baseless accusation and it's absolutely not. But, um, but, but we can even identify with that. Right. I mean, you can see the negative, the negative reality, the unbiblical reality of finding your identity and having power. Right. But you can also, it would also be unbiblical to, to define yourself by being uh, a victim, right? Your of whole not life having the power of being powerless, yeah. W- rather than doing what what happens in the New Testament in the Bible, and this is a massive paraphrase, um, Philemon. Hmm. Hey, this guy who in society and culture is of a uh, lesser class, if you will. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of just trying to paraphrase. Y- you receive him. You receive him, church, mm-hmm. equal. Yeah. Equal. Equal footing. So so don't identify yourself uh, as hmm. powerful or powerless. So in Philemon uh, would be the application of what Paul is saying here, right? There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave exactly. nor free. There's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So there's only one solid self. There's only one intact identity. There's only one way to be justified <laughs> And to avoid all doom and all nothingness and all condemnation before God, before yourself, before others, before the law, the big capital L law of true justice, and then all the little laws of life by which we just we ju- uh, judge each other, like the law of thinness or wearing a size two or uh, being a, a D1 athlete, or if you're not an athlete, unless you're a D1 athlete, whatever the laws are out yeah. there that... Uh, Jesus, a Jesus justification is it, according to yeah. Paul. You're one in Christ. Yeah. So the only thing that matters, ultimately, the most fundamental layer of your identity is who you are in Christ. Yeah. It's Christ's work and medals and performance. Yeah. His achievements, his accomplishments for you are now your identity. Uh, and that is your salvation. Right. And that is living. That is freedom. That's that's breaking the chains off of the slavery to these identity markers, these false identity markers that cannot support the weight of your identity. They collapse every single time. And not only that, they, they hurt not only you, but they hurt your relationships and they hurt the way you relate to other people who don't share your same identity marker. Mm-hmm. If, if race identity is your identity, then those that are not of your race, you don't love. Mm-hmm. You actually become a racist too. And if you produce uh, philosophical systems, dogma, doctrines of race identity, or now uh, even Marxist power form identities, mm-hmm. uh, it's incredibly destructive. I mean, you yeah. can look at you can look all over the world where a Marxist view of identity and a Marxist view of the world has led to the murder of hundreds of millions of people. Right. 
not that any of this has to do with Marxism, right, Jeff? You're not you're not implying that there's any Marxist ideas going on, right? That's right. Because right. that would be the ultimate heresy uh, when we talk about this. We will talk about that more, though. Um, again, not that there's any ideas actually going on, but there are. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Um, all right. Next, uh, on our next round, we are going to talk about can race identity change lives? We've just made the argument that we shouldn't define ourselves by our skin color. Our ultimate identity is in Christ. Um, we're, we've already touched on it. We're going to drill down a little bit more. Um, is it working? Is it working? Is the race identity stuff working to heal uh, our country and, and culture that absolutely has a history of racism, violent racism um, that we would condemn full stop? Is it he- helping? Is it healing? Uh, is it hurting? We're going to get into that. And again, we're going to get into what is justice, what is social justice. Um, we're going to talk about the government, uh, the role of the police. What does the Bible say about all these things? Black Lives Matter, all caps, incorporated, the official movement. Um, uh, we're going we're gonna to continue to dive in. So thanks for listening. Uh, I hope this is helpful. Reach out with your questions. Reach out with your comments. Reach out with your critiques. Um, uh, or disagreements, you can go to goodnewsnotgoodadvice.com and you can reach out to us there. We'd be happy to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you um, and maybe even engage with some of your questions or comments or critiques uh, in an episode. So uh, until next time, see you.